that was a fun, unexpected episode with Ruben. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. Unexpected because if it were just a normal Monday recording um, and it was Tennessee and uh, Green Bay playing, which I don't even know if those two teams play each other, but if they, if they do, all I'm saying is we wouldn't have had Ruben on. But because of the – and if the Bills blew them out or even if they lost, we probably wouldn't have had Ruben on. But because of the play at the end of the game and what his involvement would have been in that play at the end of the game when he was playing – I we had so many questions about it because as being natural athletes, we're athletes. We are naturally invo- uh, uh, interested in other sports. We, yep. we talked about it. We watched and not the game n- right. having the knowledge, not I'm having the ball, knowledge. We're just yeah. fans of the football. We're fans of the Bills. You know what? There's going to be the huge discussions <laughs> on this. Okay, there's going to be a there's going to be a debate on this. Did they do the right thing? Should they have went for it on uh, the one goal line to to try and win the game, or do you kick the field goal and Ruben. His answer was his answer was fascinating. Well, like his and that, that is a tease on purpose. Was it but surprising? Answer, uh, yeah. You know what? Actually, uh, I was a little bit surprised. Um, you know, on what he thought about go. You know, when they went for it, and I, I was also very uh, blown away by the detailed breakdown of what went wrong at the goal line when the ball was snapped to me like that stuff to me, when I hear how many situations has he been in exactly what was performed by the bills the other night? Well, you're a nine time pro bowler and you're, you're probably seen those situations before and it doesn't have to be on the goal line, right? Like fourth and one anywhere, you know, quarterback sneak, it's probably the same setup, right? So to hear him talk about it and break it down, it was pretty fascinating for me. And what a perfect guy. It's, it's awesome that we had that relationship with him too, where we can just have such a natural conversation with him and, you know, mix in some real football talk too. So I was interested. I hope everybody else is too. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy a uh, special little football episode for everybody with uh, after the whistle. So where are so, you? T- tell tell us where you are. So I'm at my girlfriend's place in France. She's been living in south of France for over ten years or more, and uh, she speaks fluent French. Um, and knows the area inside and out. Knows all the great restaurants and places to go to vacation so this is her her stomping grounds and ever since i met her she's been bringing me over exposing me to the area the scene the people you know you know these europeans are pretty nasty they're not like our fun-loving canadians in north america north america is way better the europeans are Europeans give you a look like people on the street in Chicago give you a look. You know, they're going to eye you up and down until you're like, am I supposed to fight this person? Wait a minute, it's a little old lady and she's staring at me (laughs) like like I'm doing something wrong. But they're just, they're not that openly friendly here. You know what I mean? You really 
I need to speak French for them to open that door. Not unless, you know, there's a few Europeans that wish they would be in New York or something like that. And they hear a New York accent, they get excited, like some places. But overall, walking the streets, no pleasantries, none whatsoever. It's more, they will, I hustle you. And I'm like, I'm not used to my eyes being hustled so much. I'm usually, if I stare at someone for a certain period of time, just nod your head, acknowledge, give me a wave, a bonjour, something like that. Just a nicety. Here, no. They will eye you until you pass them and turn around and look at you and never even speak. So at what point in time right now, Ruben? Are you just going to throw the death stare and lock on to a little old lady and you death stare this lady down until she, she has to turn, she has to turn her head because it's, it's yeah. far past the uncomfortable point. Way past it. Let's go. All right. So I've been here for some weeks now and this is the week when it, it's boiled over for me because I kept trying to, all right, well, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to kind of look away. I'm going to see if they're still looking. Um, I'm going to throw a bonjour out there somewhere, you know. My, well, that's the problem. That's the and, problem. Hey, Rip, you can't be, you can't be saying bonjour. Bonjour, no. <laughs> <laughs> with with no. the American accent. Bonjour, no. Bon, bonjour. Bonjour. You know what, though? I can tell you this. I'm not going to like you for that. I played in Montreal for a long time. Yeah. And believe me, they, they love their culture. They love their, yeah. their language. Yes. Their, they want to keep that, that upbringing. Yes. And, and I respect that. But I'm yes. going to tell you this. The people in Montreal, the people that I, that I had met over all those years in Quebec and Montreal, they respect you if you try. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. They respect you if you try and, yeah. and try and at least speak the language a little bit. They right. will have a smile on their face and they love it. They just want right. you to give an effort. So, you know, I found those pockets though, Greggy. I found a few pockets of people, you know, if they see me, if I speak, then all of a sudden, uh, they'll start speaking English because they can tell by my accent. Obviously, I'm mispronouncing the words, and that's a huge faux pas in the French. <laughs> oh my God! Do not speak bad French. They ready, they want to punch you. Does <laughs> you anyone know? know I mean? Does anyone know that you played in the NFL? Uh, very few people, and I get a decent, really good reception uh, when it happens. Um, um, is this live? I mean, no. is this no? Is this kid friendly? Doesn't have to be. All right, so I go to this uh, place in San Tropez, Saint Consinc, Saint Consinc. You guys could probably say fifty-five better than I can in French. All right, so we go to this place. It's all hoity-toity. It's high-end. You know, all the yacht people and everything goes go to it. So after dinner or after I lunch, it's next to the beach in Central Cray. After dinner, we go over towards the bar, my girlfriend's having some wine, and I'm smoking a cigar, and I'm like, okay, hey, this is a really cool beach area. I'm gonna fire up a joint. 
<laughs> is weed legal over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so I blade, I fire up this joint, right? The whole place smells the holy hell of a, of a joint smell blowing across the, the whole restaurant. The restaurant's packed. Everyone's staring. Everybody's European and everything. Slowly, a group of people make a circle around us. My girlfriend's totally paranoid. She's like, oh, my God, they're coming to arrest us. <laughs> Put your joint out. Enough, 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 enough. It was the furthest thing from the truth. We had a, mus a, a magician come over and befriend us. Every waiter in the building. The next day we showed up after that day, which we thought we was about to be thrown in jail. Everyone in the building is telling me the business over there. Oh, Samuel Jackson comes here. No one's as cool as you. No one's fired up a joining. You know? <laughs> oh my! I was like, God. I thought it was. What's the cereal, Ruben? Just follow your nose. Toucan <laughs> Sam. What, what is that? Was that Fruit Loops? <laughs> totally. Everyone was just it was so funny. Nose. My girlfriend was so paranoid, and she's like, "No well, one's that, ever." That'll happen. Me. Yeah, you know. I, hey, my thought process was like, this is a vacation spot. You know, this is the beach life. I'm sure this isn't the first time they have. But, you know, it can be a little pretentious in some of these high-end yachty, yacht club type places. You know, they can't. Yachty, toddy club, yep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not that's not our normal crowd, you know. But they brought me around, they exposed me to it, so I checked it out. So let me ask you something. Um, are can you? And I don't. This is, I don't know the answer to this. Do they have NFL football on in France? Uh, the ticket. Yeah, they love it. They love that ticket. Uh, the NFL is killing it internationally with streaming. Um, yeah, obviously. Um, time difference is a big deal, but definitely there's lots of fans. Uh, when I when the guys at the restaurant found out that I was a former player, uh, they just went on and they told me about all sports. Oh, I'm a I'm a fan of the Chicago Bulls. I said no, Chicago Bears. It's like I like them too, <laughs> you know. So. They are uh, sports fans, and some of the places that I've gone, obviously, other Americans have shown up there. So there is a, a bit of, you know, oh, wow, you play a pro professional sports. They, they respect that. So there are football fans, um, basketball fans, hockey fans. Most popular sport over there in, in France, would it be soccer? Hands down. Yeah. Soccer's, soccer's number one. Um, I'm staying near Monaco. Monaco has a team that's considered solid. Um, I go to a, some of the fine dining establishments and you see the soccer guys pull in and people are gaga all over them. Um, also, you know, run into a lot of Formula One race cars. Uh, you know, have really? you caught any Formula One over there? Because we've just gotten in. I've this is the first full season of Formula One that I've ever watched in terms of races. Oh, I've watched yeah. all the Netflix stuff, but I'm obsessed, and I, I watch every race, and there's one coming up this weekend. But I was going to ask you when you said you're near Monaco and that if, if you've seen or it, how big Formula One is over there when Craig asked about soccer. 
totally huge. It's as big as I think in this location. I think it's as big as soccer because you know the big Monaco race happens here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know there are shops all over town that uh, have you know Formula One stuff that you can buy in there and stuff like that. But hands down, soccer. You know the French team plays. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. The whole you think the whole world is watching France if France is playing soccer or a French affiliated soccer team. So for me, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it because, you know, guys, we're all, even though we're at pro, we're pro athletes, we all enjoy competition, you know, so um, it could be, yeah. Uh, the one thing I don't, I won't watch. Yeah, I, maybe I don't not think soccer so much, Ruben. You know, I mean, I don't watch a lot, but I participate because everyone gets into it. Yeah. Uh, don't don't mess with me with cricket. I am not watching that. Forget. I'm not watching cricket. No disrespect to cricket fans out there. Just not me. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, but you know I'll what? Sit- Sorry to all the cricket fans listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're one fan. Hey, I'm sure they're off. all they're all logging off now. Ruben said he hates cricket. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. I'm out of here. I'm supposed to boost the ratings, not take it down. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, you know. Uh, but we love sports, and there's a lot of competitive stuff. And, you know, I, I'm a motorcycle fan. You know, the top super bike stuff comes around. They're into that here. Uh, but like we were saying, soccer, soccer, soccer's number one. So did you get a chance to watch the Bills last game? Yes, I did. I watched it. I was up at four in the morning over here in Viva La France uh, watching the Bills. I love that game. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, there's no more victories in sports. But what we saw last night, that Monday night game, it was a heavyweight battle. You know, those are two good teams, not bad teams, because the uh, Titans defense got after the Bills. They got busy with the Bills. They were giving the Bills fits. They had done more to that offensive line. They they penetrated that offensive line of the Buffalo Bills more than they had seen since the Steelers early in the year. You know, um, there was some good defensive line play over there. Um, then on the other side of the ball, oh, my God, the running back, um, Derrick Henry for the Titans is a monster. He is a beast. I mean, danger on in on cleats man you do not want to tackle that big guy so what would be the equivalent of derrick henry when you played who was that guy oh i would say that actually you could say eddie george or Corey dillon all right and i would go even further back as my my childhood idol one of the guys who I love as a running back was Earl Campbell, who played for the then Houston Oilers, who are now the Tennessee, you know, Titans. Um, so there have been other players similar in size and stature to him. We had one in particular for the Buffalo Bills, Antoine Smith. 
I mean, Antoine Smith was close to 245, or maybe <laughs> some days he might have been more. But I'm telling you, you didn't want to tackle him. And in the open space, he was breakaway fast. And a guy that big that can run that fast, ah, oh, that's that's pain. That's pain for anyone to try to. I tore my peck by sticking my arm out, trying to slow down a large, you know, pro player. You know, in high school, I was just so big and strong, I stick my arm around, wrap it around a guy, drag him to the ground. A guy like Derrick Henry, Antoine Smith, Eddie George, uh, Corey Dillon, you do not just stick your arm off. They will rip it off. And I got have the proof. I have a torn pack to prove that those guys will rip your muscle. Don't matter how big you are. It seems like they pack. have a different like when you watch Derrick Henry run, seems like he's angry all the time. It's yeah. not he's he's not running to get like two, three yards. He's running. He wants to hit somebody. If he I wants pay. to rip an arm off and get 10, 15 yards on every single carrier, or it's, it, it, that's what I, I find when, when you watch him. It's just, it, it's incredible to watch. He's just so big and powerful. And Craig, you're absolutely like right. You, you hit the nail on the head. He's a type of runner that takes the run to the defenders. I mean, uh, if you watch the game, you would totally have to admire was it Micah Hyde? I think it was one of uh, Derek's long runs. He had broke through the line. Only person left <laughs> is the poor safety <laughs> standing yeah. there, and he's got to take that. And he, you got to think about this. Think about momentum and all of these things. Our defender, his feet are stopped, kind of stagnant, and here comes this train. <laughs> there's Derek down the track and he's got to figure a way to stop him because if he doesn't stop him, he's in the end zone. He's gone. You can't. And, and luckily and thankful of Hyde put some enough body on him to de- make him make a detour. So the rest of the team could pile on him and bring him down. But you had, go ask those guys today. Like uh, I don't, don't think Micah that. Hyde stopped them. I think he got the wicked forearm shimmy <laughs> to the face. Yeah, that's what slowed down Derrick Henry for the other guys to dive on. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't have to stick his arm, up, he would have kept going. Yeah. Let's um, let, let's talk about the play at the end. I mean, take us all the way down to that play at the end that I think just made the Is whole anyone game. Make it or not, it made the whole game, whether the Bills make that It point. totally made the game. It made the game an instant classic. Thankfully, McDermott went for it. He didn't go safe and say, you know what, let me kick a field goal and then try to get back in. No, let's go win. I, and I love what he said. I think it's today after the game. He was like, my my team was playing so hard, I had to give them every chance. So, of course, we went for it on fourth down. Of course, we tried to use our best. When, when it's on the line, who do you want to have the ball in their hands? Josh Allen. All right? Yeah. So, they did all so of the So, okay, you're okay with the decision boxes. to go for it? Oh, 100%. He checked all of the boxes. This is the 
this is a, what's what people have to understand about this game. That was two really good teams. A lot of Buffalo people don't want to think of Tennessee as a good team because they had some a loss or two prior to running into Buffalo. Tennessee's a great team, and they're going to be a formidable team for anyone that comes to Tennessee or whoever plays them. They're going to be tough. So I, I don't say moral victory, but then you kind of can say, hey, we played a good team. There's a good team. We can go back to the drawing board, board, learn for something. And guys, we're only an inch or two away from winning this thing. You know what I mean? We, we can get into it. We can win these games. If we play like they play, if they play like they played Monday, they can win. So let me, let me ask you this. You're, you're an offensive lineman. I want to know what went wrong in the play. <laughs> Uh, Dawkins got blew up. Our tackle didn't get a good piece of the penetrating DN. That he's a good DN. That's what I'm saying. These D linemen that we were facing were good. They weren't chumps. I mean, they weren't the sisters of the poor. These guys are real. Di- Think about them. They practice against Derrick Henry. Okay. We're catching trouble with them, and we only see them once a year. They practice against that guy every day, so they they conditioned to some of that physicality that now the Bills have to turn it on like, ah, I got it. I can do it. So what went wrong on that play in particular? The tackle, which, you know, it was kind of – Weird that the guard didn't give him a little bit more wide butt to kind of slow that penetrating um, D-tackle, D-in that was pinching in that actually got to stop uh, Josh because had that guy not gotten that much penetration or pushed Dawkins back in a, in a way, he would have been able to squeak for it. Josh would have squeaked for it and got that um, – that first down, but it didn't happen that way. It happens that way sometimes. And and, and it's not a, a thing to say, oh, Dawkins can't do it. No, he, the guy had an angle on him. He had an advantage on him. He was inside leveraged on him. And it was going to be a hard – that is one of the hardest um, blocks for offensive line to make to get in front of a guy that's already in front of you. He had the invite yeah. advantage. So Dawkins has to make a huge step and stay powerful and not get driven back because um, of his angle. The defender's momentum was easily able to tip the, the um, Dawkins over. That's all it is. Now, I think on that it, play, too, it looked like Joss Allen slipped. He yeah, tried to yeah, get in yeah, there, yeah, his yeah, foot yeah. slipped. When yeah, you don't yeah. have that those plant those that those power in the legs, you're not going anywhere. And you know, mm-hmm. it looked like he wanted to drive himself forward. Yeah, well, he took a little leap. Hey, eh? did you see he kind of jumped like about six inches to try to get like a bull charge kind of a yeah? Did well, you see that? You know, sometimes you can miss foot. That that for the quarterback, sometimes they might step on a, a lineman because it's real tight or something, and it might slip a little bit, but the it still was more of the penetration on that uh, on that DN that really faulted it. Because sometimes in these uh, quarterback sneaks, I've seen Drew Blesso do it. He slips, 
and still makes it. You know, as long as you got enough drive up front and no penetration and maybe just stalemates across the board, then the running back or the uh, quarterback, whoever's up there tight, can, you know, spin his wheels a little bit and then find a gap and, and get in there. What quarterback does Josh Allen remind you of? Hmm. Old school guy? Uh, anybody. Is Any there guy? anybody, or is he kind of his own little I think he's making his own lane. He's creating his own lane. I would say, you know, uh, Randall Cunningham, you know, was athletic, running, can throw, all of those things. Uh, Josh has that ability. He definitely can run. He was the Bills' leading rusher, so of course you need to do better run. than that for me. You need to do better than that. Who else I'm trying got? to think. <laughs> uh, let's see. Not Warren Moon. Warren Moon did more passing. I don't want to say Steve Young because physically, size-wise, Josh is bigger. You know, and those guys did a lot more timing, precise patterns. Josh is kind of rolls out he can help extend plays whereas uh steve young and those guys if he extended the play he was just you know really gonna run most of the time and he could get away from guys because he had that elusive he was a smaller guy josh is a big guy josh is as big as ben roethlisberger right but with wheels Ben has zero wheels. Ben can't run to the lunchroom. They got to wheel him to the lunchroom. But Josh can run, and he can run over people. He can jump over, jump over people. I mean, all of those great things. So I really believe he has his own lane. Not unless I, I know that it's going. Somebody's going to come to me after I hang up with you guys. But right now, I see him as doing his own thing. I don't see him as a Lamar Jackson or you know any. I don't see him as that. I think he's he's just that balanced quarterback that can run, can throw the dime deep down the field, and you know I hadn't seen I hadn't played with many quarterbacks that can do that. Well, I can tell you this, Ruben, I'm in four fantasy football leagues, so I'm damn near like a professional, okay? You are. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of discussion, you know, after, after, you know, the call for McDermott to go for it last night. Right. They don't get it. And, and now this is where all the, the chirpers are going to give their, their crap. Oh, you should have done this. You should. I'm going to tell you this. I was extremely surprised and I'm not a foot. I, I can deem myself not necessarily a football guy, but understand the game enough to enjoy it. But what I, what I did understand last night was every single one of these diehards, every single one of them are saying, I love Josh Allen. I absolutely love the play call. You had to go for it. And it was unfortunate they yeah oh his internet but look like uh, come on Rick. i'm gonna follow this up i'm so gonna follow amateur. up what look at saying. the freeze on him what's like, <laughs> no that's, that's it it's pretty cool but what he's saying you is, froze on us there I, I, dipshit 
You froze up on us. But is he frozen again? All right. Oh, Don't worry about did it. Did I freeze up? Yeah, 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 you did. Don't worry about it's it. All right, you're all right though. This is Not this right. is your professionalism, Andrew, has to take <laughs> over. You knew when you were doing radio, there's no such thing as dead air. Well, that's the great thing about being uh, not being live anymore is that you can just you can edit that out, cut it right out. Yeah, you can cut it out. But you, you, Craig, you write on something. You're right. Most times, you go for a fourth down. They'll complain about who handled the ball, when it happened. Oh, complaints, complaints, complaints. But you're not hearing that about this team, no, or this game because. Everyone watching it, you really watching it, you, this was a great game. I mean, this was an epic battle of two good teams. I mean, the Bills coming in with the hot hand was probably presumed to be the team to win. But right. if you analyze that team coached by Mike Vrabel, who's I've known Mike Vrabel. He and I played each other in college. He went to Ohio State. I played at Pitt. And, um, you know, it's great to see, like, a former player ascend to being a coach. And not Doesn't happen often in the NFL, does it, where former players? Not at coaches. all. Yeah. Not at all. They do not want to let that happen too much. <clears throat> That's why I am so – I mean, I'm, I hate the Tennessee Titans. Plus, there's, there's some old animosity there. That aside, I respect um, Mike. And all the coaches in the NFL respect Mike because Mike is really doing an amazing job down there in Tennessee. And they've been dangerous to the Bills for every yeah. year that Mike's been there. He's been dangerous. So um, that's what people just know. That was a great game. That was a great game. As good as we were at, the Bills are as a team, they played another good team. And in the NFL, and like you guys know in hockey, any night the best team can lose. You can lose. I mean, you can lose. There's rarely a season where a team goes um, winless. They're going to beat someone. And trust me, if you're, if you're 0 and 11 and you get to game 12 and you went beat someone, trust me, the team you beat is pretty good. You know what I mean? So this was an epic battle. I enjoy it. I'm going to be watching it on Rewind because I want to look at some more of the details, you know, the nuanced stuff that us pros like to, you know, go up to the young guys and be like, hey, hey, Dawkins, you should have got down a little lower. Your guard should have helped you a little bit before he went down there. You know what I mean? I want to be able to say that type of stuff to him and be informative um, so that I watch the replay. But just watching on the surface – um, McDermott definitely made the right call. Um, the p- right play was called. That was the right play to call. Um, unfortunately, didn't get it. But the good thing is, this is only week uh, five or week six. the fifth game of the season, right? Or the sixth game of the sixth season. Sixth game, yep. yeah. And they got 10 more. I mean, not. I'm sorry, that's the old days. They have 11 more to go. That's so right. hopefully if that comes up 11 more times, we're going to get 
because we have the experience and if you you've done it against some of the best and and that deep line and that defense over in Tennessee is pretty formidable couple couple more questions for your time because I know it's late over where you are big boy big boy I uh <laughs> I, I know it's bedtime I you know think that's uh, gonna stop us no no I, I in fact in fact I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed my I think it was I don't know what time it was for you there maybe five or six a.m you were calling me from the bathroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was I, I don't it know how, what's the time change six hours Six hours. So I think it was 10 o'clock here. So it was four in the morning there. You're like, oh, I can't sleep. I'm in the south of France. And uh, you're calling me from the can. Um, <laughs> damn it. I can't remember what. Oh, you want to tell us what that beef was with Tennessee? Said a little uh, blood, but you don't have to get into it if you don't want Music it. It's the Music City Miracle. It's oh, a throwback. Okay. okay you know, okay, I don't so, believe it okay. was a throwback. I really don't. Okay. I, I, I really believe it was a it was a legal pass. All right. Technical. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'll never get over it. And listen, I don't care if they, they tell me Ruben, I could, I've been going to my therapist, my therapist is like, let it go. And I'm like, no, I'm not letting it go. You can forget it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I put too much energy. I'm going to a new therapist. I'm going to a new therapist. You're fired. Step into my office. Well, they had to talk me down because I really, I really wanted to do bad things to Tennessee Titan people. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm friends with Eddie George. He's a nice guy. You know what I mean? Um, I used to know um, Steve McNair before he was gone. But uh, and uh, Javon Curse, he and I, every time we see each other, we give each other a hug. But if I see that Titans logo, I'm going to lose it. I lose it. I can't help it. All right. I'm not getting over it. Thank you. Last question I'll ask you, Riv. I don't know if, if you wanted to ask something there, but I, I, you know, you've tried for years, and I, it just came up, but you've tried for years to explain this injury to me, and I just – can't you come up with a tougher name? Football players always claim they're the toughest. Hockey play, players say we're yeah. the toughest. Yeah. But you can't just walk around saying he's ineligible today. Because he has turf toe. Oh no! Now <laughs> like, you you pick him like on turf me, toe. You guys you are, are certainly tough, Ruben. What hey, are you? Hey, hey Craig. Turf toe. <laughs> you do not know. You do not know the pain of a toe. What are you playing you. with tonight, Ribs? Oh, I got a separated shoulder. What What about you, Ruben? Oh, I have turf, turf toe. Hey. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tell you guys. I'm gonna tell you that dog on toe. You think it's nothing? Oh my God! It's the most painful thing. It's uh, it got it ended Deion Sanders' career. One of the greatest to ever play the game. It actually, if you look on his Instagram now, he's posting signs of him having this thing pinned up in in surgery years after the fact. Wow. The to- a- Andrew, you you're gonna get it when I see you now because now you're starting to sound like my buddy Hayes. Because they would always tease me in college when I was talking to them. How hey, my toe I think high. every married guy has this too. It's called ring finger. No, it's my toe. You can't pick on my toe, man. That thing hurts. 
kick your awesome. kick your toe against the bed at night and see what happens. So tell me, what is it? What is it? Tell me, what is turf toe? Uh, I, I it's some type it of sprain, Andrew, with the ligament and and joint down there, and then it gets all inflamed, and you can't put any pressure on it. You can't you can't push off. You can't you 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 basically are putting your foot down like it's a a post. There's no flexing those toes to, you know, bend the push off. You can forget about it. Your foot is not. Why can't you just freeze the toe? Actually, uh, I did that several years in college. And um, uh, all right, so you guys had to do some maybe shoot up with some type of Novocaine or something like that. Uh, And I shoot you up with. Tovacane? <laughs> they, they, well, they put it Sorry, in the bag. I couldn't help it. Bad jokes are all right. I know. <laughs> listen, listen, you're not the first one. My whole team used to poke fun at me because I had to get my toe shot up before each game in college. I'm okay. in college, and they have to take me in a room and shoot me up. And I'm going to tell you, I'd rather them shoot my shoulder, my knee, my penis than my toe. <laughs> I'm telling you, guys, it is the most painful freaking thing. Listen, the, the, the tough part is when they insert it, you know, they always have to get it inside the joint, right? So that means they have to pull the toe so it separates enough so they can get it in between the bone, right? But here's the problem. They don't always get it on the first try. It's like three or four tries, and they'll go in and they'll hit the bone and hit the bone. That's so almost think they're doing it on purpose, right? I think sometimes they work because they were pissed at me. I really did. I would be cursing them because I'm screaming at the top of my lung, like, ah, hurry the fuck up. Hurry. <laughs> and, they, and they're just bouncing around. I think we got it. Nope, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Ten times later, <laughs> my toe finally gets the Novocaine in it. It dies. And like you said, Craig, once that happens, I could go play like no problem. They, it, it doesn't exist until day, and then the next day I can't walk. Yeah, well, there it is. There it is. The explanation to turf toe. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.